applying blockchain to trade finance processes is one of the best application because you can actually really make processes more efficient in that field. Hello and welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. This week we're joined by Delphin Forma, board member for OpenVasp and senior compliance manager for BitMEX. Delphine is an experienced compliance officer who has worked across different countries and industries, including large banks in the UK and blockchain and crypto businesses in Switzerland. Enjoy listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another PCN podcast. Uh, this is your host, Philip, and today we have a very special guest. We'll be talking about crypto and compliance. Um, today in the studio, we have Delphine Forma. How are you doing, Delphine? I'm good. I'm very happy to be here with you. And hi, everybody. Super happy to be in this podcast. And you will probably know everything about crypto and compliance anytime soon. Definitely. Uh, we are also very happy to have you. So I think let's let's go straight into it. Delphine, could you maybe just in a short couple sentences introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. So I'm Delphine. I've been working in crypto for something like about five years. So I guess it's quite a long time in the crypto world. Uh, before that, I was working for a financial institution uh, in the UK. I also work in Japan and in France. And my experience in crypto is mainly working for crypto exchanges and miners globally. Uh, and I'm currently based in Switzerland in Zug, the Crypto Valley. Oh, wow. Yeah, you've certainly been everywhere around the world. I did a little bit of, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll definitely get into that um, shortly. Um, before we start, could you maybe give your own definition of what compliance is? Uh, that's a that's a difficult question, but you know, like everyone is always talking about compliance here and compliance there. Like for me, being compliant is respecting the regulations that surround your business. So, as a business, you obviously need to comply with some rules and regulation, right? And depending on your business type, you have different laws that are applying to your... And for me, compliance is that, is making sure that your business comply with all applicable laws and regulations surrounding your business activities. No, no, definitely. Um, um, You you explained that very well. And um, could you maybe tell us maybe a bit your journey, how you got into compliance and crypto? What did I got into compliance? Well, this started back in 2006. Yeah, 2006, I did my first master degrees in uh, European criminal business law. Oh, wow. And I did an internship with Eurojust, which is uh, the EU Agency for Law Enforcement and Justice Cooperation. So you have Europol, which is police, and you have your just, which is justice. And it was the very beginning of the agency. So this is where I got my first exposure to, you know, financial crime and compliance at a European level, which was really, really cool. I loved it, right? <laughs> um, and this is where I decided to do another master degree in uh, criminal sciences. And this one was um, on money laundering and fraud prevention. Mm-hmm. And the teachers there were uh, from the French military uh, for the financial unit. So they are like the uh, 
grand experience, you know. So we it was very case based. So they basically teach us how to learn their money. So it was because you know if you want to fight it, you need to understand how it works. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but back in 2007, compliance was absolutely not a fancy topic. So I started working for another firm that was doing um, cost optimization. My role was to find loophole in the loop. Uh, and then, you know, make a product out of it. Um, and then, um, when did I start actually really working in compliance? I was when I started working for financial institutions. So a few years after my master's degrees. Oh, wow. Regarding crypto, uh, first time I heard about Bitcoin was in 2011. I remember <laughs> I was actually in Tokyo in the office and like there was also some meetups around Bitcoin and like how to buy Bitcoin. I remember I was talking about it with co and I was like, that seems very cool, but it looks like a bunch of criminals. I don't think I want to put my money in there. I'm too scared. Yeah. And I didn't do it, so I completely missed the train, and then I forgot about it. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, back then, you could get a Bitcoin on a couple of dollars, right? I, yes, exactly. I could actually have bought them on the Moon Gox exchange, right? But yeah, <laughs> I, I was too scared. You know, I'm a woman. I'm, I'm a little bit risk-averse sometimes. No, <laughs> maybe that, that's exactly what makes you a good compliance officer, maybe, right? <laughs> Yes, probably. Um, <laughs> and then uh, back in 2000, when was that? 17, I was working in HSBC and I was working in trade finance. And that is very, I think, like uh, applying blockchain to trade finance processes is one of the best application because you can actually really make processes more efficient in that field. And at HSBC at the time was actually looking at blockchain technology. And this is where I got more involved. And I started to read books. And I remember I was it was summer 2017 and I was with my phone reading the books. And I was like, oh my God, it's time to buy. Let's <laughs> Download all those apps and buy crypto. And I got <laughs> crazy around it. Uh, and this is how I decided to leave the bank and go work for a crypto exchange in Switzerland. And I made the switch in January 2018. Oh, so this is perfect. I, got into crypto. I find it quite interesting. Obviously, you know, last year there was big hype on the market about um, crypto. I, I would say mostly NFTs, but you know, the whole blockchain kind of um, move in general. But it's quite interesting to hear that HSBC was even kind of trying to investigate these areas, even in 2017. Yeah, we were not looking at crypto, right? We were mm -hmm. looking at the technology and how the technology can help us streamline like our processes from business point of view in trade finance. Because trade finance is a very... There's a lot of papers, right? You have to look at a lot of papers. And if you can put everyone on the blockchain, then you can automate all the controls, right? So it was not about crypto at all. It was uh, really about the technology, right? Yeah. And that's very interesting because, you know, I've read the other day um, this, this, um, this text, which kind of said about how good would be if stable coins, you know, were actually stable for start, <laughs> especially whatever happened after what happened with Luna. But, you know, the issues with banks is transferring these large amounts of funds across the world, which sometimes can take weeks to do. Um, so it's definitely not a surprise that a bank is looking into this kind of technology. 
Of course, you know, I know, you know, they are all realizing that uh, the technology and the assets are here to stay. And uh, like, I think it's been like maybe two years or even more like two, three years that they're actually really actively in a hidden way looking because they have been like, you know, a few jobs offer going around <laughs> for, you know, for them looking for people who are good with blockchain and crypto, right? So, no, definitely. Um, I think it will be very interesting for our audience to hear. Can you maybe tell us a bit more how does your day um, working as a senior compliance manager looks like? Oh my God, my <laughs> that's a good question. It's never the same. Like, for instance, this week has been absolutely mental. Oh right? wow! Why um, is there a specific uh, reason? I don't know. I was in London for three days last last week so i was only off three days last week like actually two days and a half and then i come back on monday morning wake up at six you know and i got an email saying oh you have a meeting at 8 a.m and i'm like okay let's get back into it um so no but um generally like my day starts really early because i work with singapore and hong kong and you know in the crypto world like you start your day and you're like, okay, you know, like for, for now, right now I have a list of things I should do. Now I'm like, okay, today I'm going to tick that box. Well, no, it's, this is never happening, right? It's like, no, today you have a surprise meeting and you have a lot of surprise during this meeting and you're like, oh my God. And then you have another meeting where you think you can, you know, it's going to be you not talking, just listening. And the business <laughs> after you saying to you like, why is that not been done yet? You know, it should have been done yesterday. And you're like, um, well, you just tell me no. So, you know, <laughs> I can't just drop everything just for you, you know. But obviously what I do is like, sure, I'll drop everything and let's jump on this new topic, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's this is what makes it fun to, I mean, like not all the days are like that, but most of the time it's really hard to... um get along with your own agenda you know it's just like you're burning fires the fires are burning everywhere and you're trying to extinguish everything yeah i mean it, it does make sense you guys are you know crypto exchange obviously you're working with digital assets and you know finance in general and everything that happens in and out needs to go through you guys right in your department yeah and the thing is like you know like i was actually thinking about thinking about it today at the end of the day you know, what compliance is, compliance is here to support the business, right? Mm -hmm. Our role is to help the business grow and thrive. And so my role is very dependent on what the business wants to do. So, True. you know, like the business, they are very creative. We are in a very creative industry, right? So, you know, if the business decide today that they want to do X, then I have to do look at it. If tomorrow it's Z, then I have to drop X and go on Z, right? And then you have a multiple initiative at the same time, right? Because I'm now responsible for local compliance in Switzerland, but I also work on the global team on handling like global projects. So I have a lot of oh, different wow. things to jiggle with because, you know, like in, when you work in crypto exchange, most of the time you're not specialized in one area. You know, in a bank, you will have someone doing transaction monitoring, you have someone doing KYC, you have something, someone taking care about data privacy, someone is doing investigation, X, Y, Z, right? Mm -hmm. In the crypto exchange, on a global level, we have separate rules, but then on a local level, the 
head of local compliance have to deal with all the topic, right? I'm not only doing KYC and I'm not only doing transaction monitoring, I'm doing everything. Right? My role is to set up a compliance framework for the business to operate in a compliant way. And then obviously, and the global and local can also be linked, right? For instance, if you look at uh, listing tokens, right? Mm-hmm. On the group level, you will list token. On a local level, we do a request from, for quote, right? So, but the two process should be on this, on the same level. Like I, when I look at token, you need to do due diligence on token. I can't just let them list whatever they want or do yeah. or do for whatever they want, right? And sometimes they will come up to me and say to me, I want to do it tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So it's not going to take me five minutes to look at the project, right? Because even if it's a low risk type of token, right? I still need to do due diligence and it would still take me a few hours of to course. look at the project, you know, you know, and document everything, right? It's not something that is done in five minutes. <laughs> no, but definitely. Yeah, I think like um, days are very busy, generally starting very early, finishing quite late, but it's, it's super <clears> interesting, <throat> right? So, this is the beauty of eating compliance in crypto. You have to be reactive, create, and very creative and help the business. So, yeah, both industries are very intertwined together at this moment because we're seeing this bloom in, in compliance in KYC, CDD, and all other aspects of it. And we're also seeing this grow, growing rate in crypto as well. It almost seems they're growing at the same time. And like you said, working for an exchange, you need to have kind of, uh, you need to wear many hats, right? Um, So maybe this is also a reason why this uh, industry is so expanding so rapidly at the moment. Yeah, 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 indeed. Like, uh, and and this is what makes it interesting. You know, I think like for me, like working as a crypto compliance officer, so much more interesting than working for a bank. Like, you know, in a bank, it's very old school. Nothing is moving. It's so (laughs) fast, right? Whereas in crypto, it's like super high speed and I, for instance, my previous job, like there was a, I was working for a minor and the head of HR, she was coming from a financial institution and she was like, Oh my God, I have so much work. I don't know how to deal with it. I'm like, welcome to crypto. You know, it's a space. <laughs> yeah. You need to get on, on with it. You can't just sit there and wait. You know, you have to be very proactive and go for it. Right. No, 100%. I love how you said everything is slow in banking. So are the transactions. So crypto, here we go. Um, blockchain. No, no, that's great. I love that. Um, what would you say kind of your aspect? I mean, we obviously have this centralized, you know, financial system. And all of a sudden, we have this big competitor, the decentralizations, which obviously has pros and cons. Um, do you think decentralization is a way forward? That's a very good question. Uh, the technology behind, uh, behind like crypto and blockchain, the goal was to have no intermediary, right? The goal yes. is for you and I to be able to transact together without having a middleman in the middle. Uh, so I think it depends on which part of the fence you are. <laughs> um, because as you say, it has pro and cons, right? Like my side, I will not go to a bank to buy crypto. But it's because I've been in the industry for a while and I understand how it works. I know mm-hmm. exactly what I have to do, what I should not do. Like when you see what happened with um, 
Terra Luna and three arrow capitals with all the failure of a few crypto exchange and custodial. Well, this made me think that, you know, I don't want of my crypto with any third party or even with centralized exchange. Maybe I'll have a little bit of crypto there because I want to be able to trade rapidly, but I should have my crypto saving on my private wallet, right? But if I have my crypto saving on my private wallet, I take the risk. That it's my own risk that if I lose my key, I'm in big shit, right? I can forget, <laughs> I can forget my crypto, my saving, all is gone, right? It's gone. Um, but then if I have my crypto with an exchange, I am not in control, right? If the exchange fail, because they are not, if you have, if they are not regulated in the same way as a financial institution, most of the time your crypto are not protected, then you run the risk of also losing them. Uh, but personally, I'm 100% for decentralization. That's the goal. But I think today the industry is not ready for that. Yeah. The industry has seen, says that we need to educate people. We need to make it easy for people to really understand how it works, what kind of risks they run. And we need to have like application with UIs that are designed for my dad, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, my dad, as you they were saying to me, was like, oh yeah, maybe I can buy crypto through the bank. And I'm like, dad, you're fucking stupid. They're going to take so much fees, all of you, like, just do it directly. And my dad is like, well, you know, first I don't speak English. Most of stuff are in English. Everything you send me is not in French. And I don't understand this tech. It's too complicated. And I'm like, dad, it works exactly like traditional financial system. You're good in trading shares. Well, for crypto, it works the same. You need to understand the project behind it. And then he's like, yeah, but then I need to use those apps and I don't understand. And I'm like, yeah, you have a fair point. And I think like when we will master education, then we will be ready to rule the world. But we still have a lot of progress to do on that part, I think. No, I couldn't agree more with you. Just the fact, like you said, if things are too complicated for everyday people to get involved, it means we're early, right? We didn't spend enough time to make this approachable to everyone. Yeah, and you know, I've been in this industry for five years, you know, and some people have been in this industry for 10 years, right? And it's it's very interesting because you can you can see like how fast it goes and all the progress we we are making. But because you you're so used to this fast-paced environment, I'm like, why are we not there yet? You know, there's so many things to get done. Why we haven't get it yet, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like you said, only only five years ago, crypto didn't look anything like it looks today. Um, it was all based on, you know, a couple altcoins and Bitcoin. DeFi was nowhere near in terms of financial services we can approach. There was not as, there was no DEXs, maybe few. Um, today we have this, you know, world where everyone is trying technology. A lot of things are working. A lot of things are not working. Uh, like you said, with Luna, we can see with algorithmic uh, stable coins need a bit more work <laughs> before we implement them worldwide. Exactly. Yeah. Which is really, really interesting. No, that's great. Um, perhaps. Since you have background in compliance, do you see maybe a way to um, use this compliance in decentralized blockchain? Or do you think it's kind of a fair that everyone is kind of anonymous behind their um, public keys? <laughs> oh, that's a very political question. I like that. <laughs> um, 
So I'm expressing my personal opinion, and I'm not mm-hmm. expressing in any way the opinion of the company I work for. Where I do think, like, like we have enough tool to be able to enable compliance. Like, if today there is something that is very controversial in the com- in the compliance world, which yeah. is called the travel rule, right? And the travel rule will, if we it's between two virtual asset service providers, you will need to exchange information and who is the, orig- is the originator and who is the beneficiary of the transfer. And this is similar to, to SWIFT, right? Like when you want to do bank transfer, you need to tell your bank to who you are sending money, right? So yeah. they want us to have that in crypto. Uh, it's uh, the FATF, which is uh, the Financial Action Task Force. Back in 2019, they asked the crypto industry to comply with this. It's a non-binding guidance, so every country needs to implement in their own regulation. It's live in Switzerland, for instance. Um, and the way the blockchain works today, as a compliance officer, I can see the transaction of my customer going in and out. Yes. So I know who is my customer, which is important for me. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know to who they are sending or from who they are residing. But I will use a blockchain analytics tool. And then with this tool, I can see where they are sending and from which uh, entity or wallet they are residing from. My blockchain in- analytics tool doesn't give me name of people, but it gives me name of entity. So if my customer is sending me crypto from a darknet marketplace, I am able to see that. Mm-hmm. If it's sending me money from a scam or if the money is coming from has been exposed when he's stolen phone or hack, I'm able to see that. And as a compliance officer, this is very important to me. I don't want my customer to have been involved in any, with any like illicit crypto actor mm-hmm. or like with any like kind of dodgy type of entity, right? And having that in place, I'm very comfortable, you know, that I don't need to know exactly the name, right? Of where and from who i don't need a name i have yeah. a blockchain analytics so that tells me everything you just need and to like, know the nature the nature yeah. behind the transfer Be- because anyway in crypto you can create as many addresses as you want right mm-hmm. so like you can have like a lot of different addresses and like you can change all the time right so what i'm not really sh- i understand where the regulator is coming from with that and also from a law enforcement point of view, mm-hmm. for them, you see, it's much better if they can have a name. But by following the flow of crypto, at one point or another, a user will use a centralized entity. And then the law enforcement will be able to send a, like a request to a centralized entity and have the name of the person behind it, right? Because today, if you want to cash out in fiat, you need to go through a centralized entity. Yeah, and this is where you can have uh, information. But then, you know, also if you compare it with cash today, what well, you don't know, like when you go to the bakery, no one is asking you for your idea, right? But where, but if today I want to buy crypto, even for like when I want to buy crypto through a centralized exchange, I'm asked my identity, right? That's a so that's a very very interesting comparison you've made there. But I think it's a very controversial topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, I think, in the crypto compliance world will tell you that, yes, I, I think that you need to have a name behind an address and you need to be able to see it. 
where I want to know who is my customer and then to who they are interacting. I think I have in a very powerful tool that allows me to have controls in place to make sure that we are not facilitating any uh, illicit activities today. Because yeah, we have blockchain analytics tools. We use transaction monitoring mm-hmm. tools from AML, right? We use fraud prevention system. We have tra- uh, we have trade surveillance system in place. We have a lot of different analytics tools that are very powerful that really helps you to fight financial crime. No, definitely. Thanks, thanks for that clarification. Um, I don't think rarely you get such a good insight from a professional in this uh, compliance sector. Um, so that was very interesting to hear. Um, definitely. The one thing about the blockchain, you know, it's transparent. We can see all the transactions going on. So like you said, someone can have thousands of wallets. You'll always be able to track where the funds are coming from. Um, but I really like the perspective of you said the name is not important. The nature of the funds are. And I think that's fair, um, especially like you said, in everyday life, you can spend your money like you want in cash. We can't really follow it. Um, so maybe there should be some kind of similar freedom on the blockchain as well. Yeah, you know that in Switzerland you can you can actually spend money in cash up to a hundred k without being KYC, right? Oh wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's quite yeah. interesting. Hundred k. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think they've they've lowered the threshold recently, but like five years ago, you could go with hundred k to buy uh, something. I don't know, like what can you buy with hundred k? A car, probably. You I can do a car, yeah. <laughs> There is different regulation depending on the activity, but you can still, you could spend it, right? So. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. Um, we're, we're coming to the end. So I really have this very interesting question. Where do you see compliance in the future of digital assets? Um, I think there's going to be more and more work because regulation <laughs> are not going to stop. You know, like there's a lot of new regulation coming saying that when you're a virtual asset service provider, you know, you need to register. You're going to need to get license. There is a MICA coming. Travel rule is going to be implemented everywhere. I think, you know, crypto compliance. So, so our job is just going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. But I think like if you want to be a very good compliance officer in crypto, what is very, very important is to always have an open mind, be very creative, and you really need to understand the product and the tech because your role, your role is to help the business. Your role is never to say no. Your role is to say, well, no to that, but we could do it in this way. Mm-hmm. So you always, you always need to come with a solution and not with a problem. And I feel like, you know, a lot of compliance officers in the traditional world will say no. Whereas in crypto, you will say, okay, that is like big things that are obviously a no-go, but there is things that you can say, okay, guys, we're not going to do it this way, but we can do it this way. And if you want to, if you really want to do it, well, we're going to need a license is so all we're going to need to get it. Right. So always like really explain and mm-hmm. be proactive to support the business. Right. No, I'm all for that. Exactly. That kind of open mindset is going to help develop this industry and this space as quick and as the best way possible for the global implementation. I hope. And also you as a compliance officer, I think it's very important that you if you want to work in crypto compliance, that you you love crypto and you've tried the taxes, you try centralized exchange, you you try also the crypto gaming, and because if you don't try, you will never understand how it works. So you have to use those 100%. apps to have a good understanding, right? Hundred percent. And I love that you touched on that because uh, I'd love to ask you um, 
what's kind of your tip for anyone who would like to enter and work in compliance or crypto? So, for, I mean, like you, you, you need to understand crypto and the tech. And in order to do that, I would recommend you to just read the news, you know, read the crypto news. I do actually read crypto news when I wake up in the morning and before I go to bed uh, and try to go to as much event as you can. You know, I think like there always been a lot of event uh, dealing with crypto, at least in Switzerland, you know, we have a lot of startups that are presenting their projects. There's a lot of events with like good speakers. There's a lot of like conferences where you can actually speak with people working in crypto and understand better how it works. Uh, the crypto world is very open. So you can also ping people on LinkedIn and say, hi, I'm interesting. Do you have any tips? Uh, but we watch, uh, webinar online. There's a lot of different things. There's a lot of like association, like the AFTS or ACAMs are no like compliance and they do crypto. So that it's compliance association that are no getting a little bit more into crypto. So they have like kind of good like uh, events and webinar, but really my really like use crypto application, right? Use it to with people. Uh, and attend as many mm. events. Just immerse people. yourself into the space. Yeah, because like it's, it's very important. You won't, you will never be good if you don't understand your project, right? Hundred percent. Okay, um, Delphine, that's it. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on. You really spilled a lot of um, valuable knowledge, and I really enjoyed uh, having this podcast with you. Thank you so much, Philip. It was I was really happy to have a chat with you, and I'm very happy, you know, to talk about it with your audience. It's super cool. Thank you for the opportunity. No, lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks for everyone to listening, and uh, this is another PCN podcast for you. Have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of In Check with FinTech. If you enjoyed the episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to stay updated with the latest episodes of our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free a Girl, who are dedicated to finding child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Eveline, CEO and founder of Free a Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family, and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom, and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freegirl.com for more information. Thank you.